Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Don't you love that? Fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And that is the wonderful word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat, everybody. Well, as you can tell from this below average physique of mine, right? You know, growing up, I was never really good at endurance sports. Um, you know, sure, I would, pay, I would play a pickup basketball game or football or baseball, and I would just play some sports, but really I, I, had not, I didn't have much endurance. But if there was one sport, if there was one exercise that I felt like I had endurance, it was in swimming, in swimming. You know, I don't know what it is, but when I got into the water, for whatever reason, I could always swim for a very long time. And so whenever there was, there was a, a story about enduring swimming, it always, always caught my attention. And a story that not only caught my attention, but caught the attention of an entire nation was a story of Diana Nyad. In fact, how many by a show of hands at all campuses have heard of Diana Nyad by a show of hands? Yeah, some of us. Some of us have heard about who she is. But in case you don't know, let me just give us a quick overview of what happened in her life. Because back in the 1970s, she was a swimming prodigy. In fact, she made national news was when at a young age, she dove into the waters in New York and, began, and swam around Manhattan. And this is something that everyone in the U.S. knew. Everyone knew who Diana Nyad was. But ever since, since she was eight years old, she felt like she had one clear mission in life. And that one clear mission in life was to swim one day from Cuba to the United States of America. Listen, this was her life mission. And so all of her life was always focused on accomplishing this one mission. So back in 1978, at age 28, she dove into the waters there in heaven at Cuba and she began to swim towards the United States. And she was doing great, but in that, in that moment, in that season, there were some really strong currents that really took her took her off path to the point that she could never recover, and so she had to get out of the water. But even though she stopped that journey, listen, she knew that she had still had one clear mission. And so for the rest of her life, every single meal, every single swim meet, every single practice was all centered around accomplishing that one mission. So in 2013, all right, at age 63, 63, she decides to give it one more shot. So she goes to, to Havana, Cuba, and she dives into those waters. And church family, listen, after 53 hours, 53 hours, think about that, swimming through the middle of the night in the middle of the dark, and after covering over 110 miles, she began to approach the coast of Florida. In fact, 
take a look what happens then. accomplishment. Amen? Oh my goodness. But listen, folks, don't miss the main point here. Because the reason that she remained unsinkable in that swim, right? The reason that she did not sink and she kept swimming and she was eventually able to accomplish her mission is because she stayed focused on that mission. You know, even though, listen, she suffered, she battled against currents and fatigue and the elements, and I'm, and I'm sure even discouragement along the way. Listen, the reason she accomplished her mission was because of focus. Now, folks, let me just bring all that over to our teaching for today. Because what an image of what it takes believers to accomplish the mission that Christ has entrusted us. And by that I mean that just like Diane and I had, knew that she had to stay focused on that mission. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for this weekend. To accomplish the mission that Christ has entrusted to every single one of us. Listen, we need to be sure that we stay focused on accomplishing the mission every day of our life. Now, you may be sitting there at one of our campuses and you may be thinking, Pastor, listen, what is our mission and how can I ensure that I stay focused on the mission that Christ has given me? Well, we're going to find out from Matthew chapter 4. All right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. And you can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And with that in mind, I have three thoughts for us on what is our mission and how we can remain focused. But the first thing we need to remember is this. Write this down as point number one. Our call first and foremost is to follow who? It's to follow Jesus. Now, before we dive into the passage for today, let me just give us a quick context of what we are about to read. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, at this juncture in Scripture, is about 30 years old. And he's about to begin his formal ministry here on this earth. But, and instead of starting his ministry in Jerusalem, right, the main city then, and the place where you would expect him to start, he actually started his ministry in the area of Galilee, of Galilee. 
Now, this area is a beautiful area, very green, very fertile. You know, that area is very dry, but, but in the area of Galilee, it's very, just very green, very beautiful. And so, and at the center of this region is the Sea of Galilee. And so, the Lord begins to walk around this sea, and check out what happens then. Listen to what happens. So, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Right, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, what? Follow me. A little louder. Follow me. Follow me. That church family at all campus, go ahead and circle the phrase, follow me, right there. Circle the word follow me in your handout or in your Bible. Because the simplicity of those two words is both refreshing and profound. You know, the truth of the matter is that his words to you and me today, even 2,000 years ago, or today, right, 2,000 years, it's still the same thing. It's still simply what? Follow me. And if you're here today, listen, and if you're wondering what the Christian life is all about, Maybe you're new here or maybe you've been coming for a couple of weeks and you're wondering, I, I guess Christianity is all about rituals, it's about traditions, it's about doing things at church. Well, listen, let me make it very simple for you because that's exactly what the Lord does here. Fo you know, being a believer in Christ is simply following Jesus, following, trusting him and following him. Amen. And maybe you're here today and you've been a believer for a very long time. But the truth of the matter is that you have allowed your Christian walk, your walk with the Lord to get complicated, to just get fuzzy, and to just get just overwhelmed with things in your life. Well, listen, if that's you and you feel overwhelmed with your Christian life, just, let's just come back to the simple command of following the Lord. Isn't that amazing just to think about? Just so simple, just following Jesus. Which is, by the way, which is a reason, by the way, that here at Christ Fellowship, listen, this past year we revised our mission statement. And, and our mission statement now is Christ Fellowship helping you to follow Jesus. Listen, you want to know what Christ Fellowship is all about? Simple. It's to help you follow Jesus. Nothing more and nothing less. Amen. And so listen, that's what we do, everything here at Christ Fellowship, every single day of the week and every single week and everything we do is to help you and to help your family follow Jesus. But here's the thing, once you begin to follow him, he then gives you your mission. And it's not very complicated. In fact, if our call is to follow Jesus, then write this down as big number two, then our mission is to lead others to follow Jesus. Amen. In fact, let's go back to the passage for today. It says, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Now, go ahead and circle the, the phrase fishers of men right there in your hand. The second thing we're going to circle today. Because Jesus is going to use their current profession to help them understand what he's about to ask them, what he's going to ask them to do. See, fishing for these men was not just their hobby. Listen, fishing was their profession. It was their livelihood. 
And because so much depended on this one thing, listen, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew the habitat of the Sea of Galilee. They knew the depth, the different depth of the different areas of the Sea of Galilee. They even knew what fish they were going after. You know, there, there's, a, there's a breed of fish that's indigenous to the Sea of Galilee, which they call now St. Peter's fish. Ugly little fish, but real tasty. But listen, they knew that this was their goal. This was their mission. So, all, so here's what Jesus is trying to tell them. Listen, just like you put every single day all of your focus, all of your energy, all of your intentionality after going after these fish, listen, just like that, now I want you to put all of your focus, all of your energy, all of your effort on fishing for men, on helping people follow me. See, that's what, he, what he's trying to help them understand. And here's what I love about the mission that Christ has entrusted to each and every one of us. Write this down as letter A. Is that our mission is clear and it's simple. It's clear and simple. You know, oftentimes believers get so bogged down with what's going on in their life that they forget that their main mission in life is simply to help people follow Jesus. It's simple. And perhaps right now, listen, you came to one of our campuses, maybe you're watching us online right now, and maybe there's, there's something that's really consuming your thoughts. Maybe it's something with your family, maybe it's a financial issue, maybe it's a work issue, maybe there's something going on in life that you are concerned about. And I would venture to say that very few of us walk into one of our campuses right now watching us online, Many, very few of us are really overly concerned right now as to whether or not we're helping people follow Jesus. In fact, many of us are concerned with everything else in this world, in our life, except the one mission that Christ has entrusted to you personally, which is to help people follow him. And so you may be thinking, Pastor, listen, why are we going through this again. I mean, we just went through the book of Jonah. You know, we know that this is our mission. Why are we going through this again? Boy, this past week I heard a stat that really was a little shocking to me. And that is this, that 95%, 95% of believers across the board have never led someone to Christ or had a direct impact in leading someone to Christ. Think about that. 95% of us haven't really fulfilled, really embraced the mission that Christ has given to us. So it's evident. Listen, write this down. Let her be. Listen, we struggle. Oftentimes we struggle in, with fully embracing the mission that God has given to us. And so listen, if you struggle sharing the gospel with someone, if you sh struggle uh, talking to someone about the Lord, if you struggle even give, taking out an invite card and giving it to someone, listen, you are not alone. You're not alone. Because what is interesting is that the disciples did not embrace their mission right off the bat either. In fact, their first encounter with the Lord is not this passage. In fact, this, their first encounter with the Lord is actually in John chapter 1 where they were with John the Baptist. They hear the Lord and they start following his teachings. 
But in this passage that we're looking at today, Matthew chapter 4, it's actually their second encounter with the Lord. And here is where he gives them their mission. So listen to how they respond. And so, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, family, when, when we look at this verse right here, it looks at the face of it that they embraced their, their mission and they pursued the Lord and they embraced it and they were gung-ho. But that's not the case. Because when we go to Luke chapter 5, we see their third encounter with the Lord and they had gone back to their profession. In fact, and there's a scene there in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus by now is beginning to, to, to gain a lot of notoriety, a lot of attention. So, there's, so he's by the Sea of Galilee, and there's a crowd of people just gathered around him, and they're pressing on him. So he decides to get on a boat, push off the coast, and then teach from the boat. But look at what happens right after he finishes teaching this crowd of people. Listen to what happens. It says, and when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, Lord, we will let down the nets. You see, they had gone back to their profession. They were just living their life as normal. And then it says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so they began to sink. Think about that. It's little fishing boats and they're like, they're sinking into the water. And here's the key. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, the, at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus looks at Simon Peter and he says, Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, listen, you will be catching men. And when they had brought in their boats to land, now they left everything and followed him. See, folks, here is where they fully embraced the mission that Christ had given to them. In fact, you can tell it's, it, it, when Peter finally had a good understanding of who Jesus was, that was the moment that they left everything and they followed and embraced the mission. And family, do you see the progression here? Because at one point, all of us, including the disciples, at one point we all came and we began to follow the Lord, but we began to follow his teachings, right? And we began, our, we put our faith in Christ and we started our walk with, with the Lord, our journey with the Lord. But here's what we see in Scripture is that as we start our journey with the Lord, the Spirit of God begins to prod in you to embrace the mission. 
And the idea is hopefully you embrace it early on in your, in your walk with, with the Lord. For some of us, it's a little further down the road. But the idea is this, that at one point in our life, we embrace the mission that Christ has entrusted to us, and it becomes your, all, your life all-consuming mission in your life. That's the goal. And family, here's when you know when you truly and fully have embraced the mission that Christ has entrusted to you. Write this, write this down as big number three. It's when the mission redefines every relationship in your life. In other words, you know when you embrace this mission, when you see every single relationship in your life just differently. And can I remind us that this is true even to our closest relationships? And so parents, listen up. Yes, listen, we know that we are to love our children, that we are to provide for our children, that we are to protect our children. But can I remind us that our biggest mission with our children is to help them follow Jesus. Amen? Listen, that is our greatest mission. Because think about it. What good is it if you get them all the toys they want? What good is, them, what good is it if you put them in the, in, the, in the best school, if they get the best grades, if they go into the best college, if they marry well? What good is it if they do all those things in life that they don't follow Jesus? So parents, listen, my, my hope is that when you look at your children, you look them through the eyes of Christ. That your goal is to help your little one, your, well, however little they are, to follow Jesus. Because remember this. I want to remind you of this. You know, when we are finished with our life on the, here on this earth, this father, son, daughter, you know, mother, daughter, that, that parent relationship, when we die, ends. And our goal should be that when we are in heaven that they are brothers and sisters worshiping the Lord for all eternity. Amen. That's what, that's what your goal should be. And so every single relationship that's close to you, your parents, your siblings, your uncles, your nieces, your aunt, every single relationship in your life. Listen, you should not see them as family members. Your main priority should be my goal is to help them follow Jesus. And so this week when you're sitting in Thanksgiving, having Thanksgiving meal, most likely you'll have all your family, your closest people around you. Man, remind yourself to see them in a different light, that these are people that God has put in my life to eventually help them follow the Lord. Can I tell you, this goes even past our closest relationships to even our most nominal and informal relationships. You know, people like co-workers, employees, your employees, your old friends, your waiter, your waitress, that person that helps you at the store, the person at Starbucks. Listen, you know that you fully embrace the mission when you see them, and in your mind, you're always thinking, how can I talk to them about the Lord right now? You know, how can I bring the Lord into the conversation? Is there any way that I could invite them to church? You see, every relationship now in your life, even the most informal ones, should be ones you see through a different lens. You know, just recently, my, the house right next door to us, 
um, was owned by an older, uh, an older couple. They, they sold that home. They moved to the West Coast. And a new family, a young family, moved in. And so one day, you know, we came some days just to kind of settle in. And one day I was taking the morning, I, I was taking the dog out to do its, his business, right? And I had the baby in my arms. And we kind of just saw each other, you know, across the fence. We're like, for the first time, you're like, hey, you know. And, and then we just kind of just started talking, you know, just briefly. And I raised up the baby so they can see the baby. And they're like, oh, how cute, what not. And so, you know, that was it. But I knew at that point, man, we need to go next door. And we just need to, man, just welcome them into a neighborhood, right? So Ashley and I, we went to the store. We bought a, a nice little cake in a box. And on top of that box, we put a little invite card. So we went around and we, we took the baby, we went, we went the, 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 the wife actually opened the door for us and so, you know, we just say hi to her and I formally introduced myself, my wife, she met the baby, we were just talking about a little bit about who they were, where they moved from. And towards the end of the conversation, I said, hey, by the way, on, on, in that little cake right there, there's a little invite card, there's a, it's, it's a little invite to our church. You know, we go to a church called Christ Fellowship. It's a great church, amazing kids programs. If they have three kids, they will love it. So you got to come check us out. And she said, oh, you know what? I actually have heard of Christ Fellowship. And we're like, okay, awesome. Well, listen, if we ever want to come, let us know. But, hey, you know, I mean, we're glad that you have, you know, you moved into a neighborhood. And, and here's what I want to tell you. I want to help my point in this. Is that even though in my mind I wanted to be sure that I am a good neighbor, that I've welcomed them into a neighborhood, that I'm there to help them to answer any questions they may have. Can I tell you that my biggest priority in my mind is not being a good neighbor? Is what? It's somehow, some way, helping them, helping that family follow the Lord. And church, the reason that that's my mentality, it's not because, it's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm on staff here at Christ Fellowship. The reason that's my mentality is because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen, family? That is that, that's why that is my mentality. And so, family, listen, if our mission is to lead others, right, to, to Jesus, to be fishers of men, then a good question to ask ourselves is this. Write this down as letter A. It's how is your fishing rod? How is your fishing rod? You know, at an event, at a church event just recently, I was just kind of talking to people, and this gentleman came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Irma, how's your fishing rod? And I'm thinking he's actually asking me about real fishing. So I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, I don't have a fishing rod. I'm thinking he's going to invite me to go fishing. I, I, I don't have a fishing rod. You know, I, I used to fish when I was younger. And my, with my grandfather, but ever since I moved here, I don't have one. And I just go spear fishing whenever they invite me. And, you know, I love that, but, man, I don't have fishing. And he's like, oh, more, more, more. <laughs> How's your fishing rod? And folks, when he asked me that question, I was like, uh, uh. He, he's talking about evangelism. He's talking about reaching the lost. And, and I thought to myself, what a great question, huh? What a fishing rod. What a good diagnostic question. So the question that I'm going to pose to you is, how's your fishing rod? You know, for some of us, when we're asked that question, our fishing rod is actually still brand new in the, in the package. 
you know. It's still wrapped. It has the, the price. It has still in the bag. And we have it, but we, you know what? We've never taken it out and used it. And here's what's interesting. You know what it's used for. You, you have the truth in, in, in your hands, but what? guess what? You've never, you know the Lord, but you've never talked to someone about the Lord. You've never shared the God. You've never even invited someone to church. And so maybe you, your rod, it's still brand new. And it's still in the packaging. For some of us, we don't have a brand new fishing rod still in the packaging. But for some of us, it's still, it's a little dusty. You know, if we took it out of that closet and if we were shaking, there's it's a lot of dust, you know. It's a lot, it's, a, it's, it's dusty. And, 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 and here's the thing, you know, when, when, when you first came to know Christ, man, it was, it was awesome, right? You were throwing invites in people's face, come to church with me, share about the gospel. You were super bold and you were on fire for Christ, but now you matured in your walk. Oh, in my walk now, I got other responsibilities. I got other, pro- I need to go deeper and I got, you know, my family and all this stuff. So guess what? Listen, you put your fishing rod back in the closet and it's collected dust. It's been a long time since you talked to someone about the Lord. So maybe that's your fishing rod. For some of us, man, our fishing rod is tangled. <laughs> and, you know, since we don't use it often, you know, it's tangled. We don't use it. And when it's time to fish, you're like, uh, 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 I don't know how to use this thing. And, and, you, sh- and you share so, and, you, sh- and you, you go so few, you know, you go, you use it so little that, that, that it gets tangled up. You don't know how to use it. And so you just give up and you don't even talk to anybody but the Lord. So you use it so far in between that you haven't even really good, good at fishing, right? So it's still made for you. You have a tangled fishing rod. It's just so far and few in between. But for some of us, man, our fishing rod is working just fine. Right? And every single time we're at Starbucks and we see somebody, hey, why don't you want to come to church? <laughs> you know? When you're at work, when you're at work and the, your coworkers like, oh, you don't understand, my, my wife, my husband. Hey, you know what? God has a plan for your life. Right? And so every opportunity that you, that you have, guess what, man? Your fishing rod is in working order and you cast it and you fling it around and you love it. Why? Because you do it so often, man, that it's working properly. So the question is, what is your fishing rod? You know, which, which one of these? If you were to ask yourself, which, is, which of these represent where I am at. And here's the thing. Here's why it's so important to ask ourselves, how is our fishing rod? Write this down as letter B. It's because your fishing habits reveal your spiritual maturity. You know, the reason that, that, that fishing reveal your spiritual maturity is because it reveals how closely you've embraced the mission of God. You know, I don't care if you have memorized the book of Deuteronomy in both English and Hebrew. Listen, if you are not someone that shares your faith, talks to people about the Lord, I'm sorry, but you're not as mature as you think you are. You're not. 
Here's why. Because when you are really embrace this mission, guess what? There's something about really identifying yourself with the mission of Christ that has a way of maturing you, right? In fact, when you look at the Gospels, here's what's interesting. Always, when, now when you read it, you're always going to think of this. Every single time or the majority of the time that, that Jesus rebukes his disciples, it's always when they still haven't embraced the mission. You know? And so for him, the Lord, when he was looking at these 12 disciples, he was measuring their maturity level in many ways based on how they've embraced the mission and they were focused on the right thing. And so listen, and not only does casting your fishing line mature you, it also, write this down, letter C, casting your fishing line keeps your life unsinkable. It keeps your life unsinkable. You know, so many of us are here today, and you are perhaps watching us from one of our campuses, and, you're, and, you're, and you are discouraged about a situation in your life. Maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's an issue at work, financial, something's going on, and you are discouraged, and here's what you're thinking right now throughout this whole teaching. Pastor, if you only knew, if you only knew what was going on in my life, listen, you wouldn't be asking me to lead people to Christ. There's other things right now that I'm more concerned about. If you only knew what was happening in my life, you wouldn't want me to be leading people to the Lord. Here's what's amazing. Here's what I want you to understand, okay? There's something about taking your eyes off of your current temporal circumstances, lifting your eyes and putting them on the eternal mission that has a way of keeping your spirit up, right? Of keeping you encouraged, keeping you with joy, keeping you, right, with the right. Because, listen, there's something when, when we just focus on those things, guess what? We're miserable. In fact, just, re, you know, a while back there was a couple who came to our church um, uh, uh, who was really struggling in their marriage. And they were saying, listen, pastor, you don't understand. Man, we're just going through such a difficult moment in our marriage and listen, we go to church every single weekend. We serve in a ministry every single week. Small group, we're there. But listen, our life is still the same. Nothing has improved in our marriage. And here's what we asked them. Are you sharing your faith? I'm like, no. And here's a task that we gave them. Okay, go, 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 go back. And for the next several weeks... Instead of fighting so much with each other, how about you start sharing your faith with people? Together, individually, but as a couple, why don't you start talking to people about the Lord, inviting people, sharing the gospel, doing, doing that together. And you know, they came back to us, and they were amazed. They were amazed at how much they've improved. Why? Because, listen, the moment that they took their eyes off of their current temporary problems and put them on the eternal matters, everything rose in their life. Amen? And so if you want to be miserable in your life, focus on your problems. But if you want to have joy, if you want to keep your life unsinkable, focus on what truly matters, the mission that Christ has given to us. And so, folks, let me just end with this today. You know, in, in fishing, in real fishing, listen, we, we know, right, that we can always fish every single day of the year, right? 
Every single day we can go fish. We go to Biscayne Bay and go fishing. But we also know that in real fishing, there's also prime seasons of fishing, prime fishing seasons. When those fish are just ready to bite, right? Because there's something in it, the, the, the season, that's a season. And can I tell you the same thing is in the spiritual world? As that we are called to be fishers of men every single day of the year. But we also know that there are, there's prime fishing seasons, right, in the spiritual world as well. And you know what in all those prime fishing seasons? It's Easter season and Christmas season, right? And then those, there's, you know what? There's something in people's hearts that even if they don't want to go to church, there's something in their heart that says, you know what? I'll be more willing to go to church. I'll be willing to go and check and, and, and go with you to church. And listen, this next week, listen, we, after Thanksgiving, we're starting, we're entering into a prime fishing season, into the Christmas season. And listen, I'm so excited. We're starting a brand, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Unto Us. And this series is based on Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 6, where it reveals four names of the Lord. And who would have thought Right, that this little baby boy that was born, that he would be our wonderful counselor, that he would be our mighty God, that little baby boy would be our everlasting father, and that he would be our prince of peace. Do you love that? Who would have thought that that little baby boy would turn out to be all of this for us? And so here's what I want to help you understand. In the next several weeks, the Lord is, is sovereignly going to appoint people in your life. And he is bringing those people in your life for the sole re purpose that you talk to him, talk to them about him, that you bring him into the conversation and that you invite them to church. You know, sometimes we, we, we look at these invite cards and we think they're just insignificant little little fold-up pieces of cardboard, but you don't know if the Lord has been working in that person's life, and that is the card that draws them in to hear this amazing gospel and put their faith in Christ. And so who knows, maybe that person that you're going to give those invite cards to is going to be just like Ileana. Check out her story. My name is Ileana, and I have been a member of Christ Fellowship for 10 years now, and it all started with just a simple invite. So before Christ Fellowship, I knew God was there. I didn't really have a relationship with Him. I didn't really understand His love for me or anything like that. Until one day, my friend, she kept inviting me and inviting me to come to church. And during that time, I struggled with just so many different things. And then eventually, what really just kind of broke me was that in 2010, my dad and brother were going to both be stationed in Iraq. And it was scary because I thought, what if they don't come back? It was just my, my mom and I at the time. My friends still kept inviting me and inviting me. And then finally, she's like, hey, you got to come to our Christmas series. And then when she gave that invite for Christmas, I said, okay, why not? And so when I walked in, I remembered thinking, okay, let's see how this goes. 
I sat down in the worship center. Something overcame me and I felt like I was at home. And it wasn't just the inviting atmosphere, it was God. And I felt like He told me, you're home. I got baptized with my friend who invited me and we even got baptized with her mom. I went to young adults. I led small groups. I signed up to serve in CF Kids. I even met my husband here and we got married in one of the campuses. And so my life has changed just because my friend did that one invite. And she never gave up on me and she kept inviting and kept inviting. I have also invited others. I've invited my parents to come and they've been coming. I had invited my close friends to come and they came. My cousin even got baptized here because I did that invite. Don't stop inviting. Because again, you never know when someone is going to say yes. You never know what an invite could do to change your life. Amen. And so, man, when, I look, when we look at these little invite cards, you know how we should see them? Like almost like fishing lures. You know? Like fishing lures. And here's what I would say. To end this series, you know, I just want to end with a, with a, a time of prayer. And here's what I want us to do. I want you, I want you to take out at all campuses, you should receive three of these invite cards when you came in. Take them out right now from your pocket, from your purse. Just grab them, put them in your hand right now. On all campuses right now. And I want you just to grab them right here, just in your hand. And I just want to spend some time in prayer. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you didn't receive it for whatever reason, don't worry. On your way, you can get more. You can get a ton of them. Take as many as you want, all right? But you have our brand new Christmas invites. And I want you to just grab them out. I want to spend some time in prayer right now. And we're going to pray for those three people that God is appointing to put in your life for you to invite them to come to church and hear the gospel. Who knows what's going on in their life right now, marriage issues, disappointments, discouragement, and they're longing for, for hope. And maybe this is the tool that God uses to draw them closer to Him. And so right now at all campus, grab your invite cards, and I want to pray, and I want to pray specifically for the people that are going to receive these cards, that God would do an amazing work in their life. Amen? So let's pray together. Father, Father we... We come before you, and Lord, I know at the face of it, these little invite cards may seem so insignificant, but Father, these are powerful tools that are used in your hands of your people to help people draw them closer to you. And so, Father, you know all the people, the people who are going, that are going to be receiving these three invite cards. And Father, our prayer right now is that wherever they're at right now, at work, at home, at a park, oh Lord, we pray that your spirit would just go and begin to create a longing in their hearts for you. That Lord, that in these upcoming weeks, the moment that we invite them to church, whoever they are, that something will take place in their heart where they respond and say, you know what, I'm going to go check out what this God is all about. And we pray that the effect will be just like Ileana. That, she would, that they would come and they would feel at home and they would see how wonderful you are and that they would start, start a relationship with you. 
And so, Father, our prayer right now is for us, for us for, to be bold, to take those steps of obedience. And, Lord, we know that when we do what you've called us to do, then we can rest in you because you're the God who changes hearts, who transforms hearts and saves people. So, Father, we will be obedient to talk to people about you. We will be obedient to invite people to come in this Christmas season. And, Father, we rest in you that you will do a work. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us this amazing mission and help us to be faithful to it. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.